Hey everybody, welcome to High Cheese. I'm your host Joe. Your host Paul. And uh, apparently we said last week that this would be our last episode, but um, whoever said that, I'm assuming it's Paul, is a goddamn liar. It, It was you actually, I was surprised when you said it last week. Oh really? Yeah. Well then I'm a goddamn liar. We're gonna do one more episode after this. Like a complete total wrap up. And uh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do one more at the very end of the season after the World Series, just for fun. Well, I don't know. We'll play we're th- we're our own bosses, guys. We could do whatever we want. Yeah, we do. We do what we want when we want. Yeah. Um. But all right. What's what's happening, man? I'm. I'm in the midst of. Yeah. So a- uh, since last week, I lost by 13 points, and I'm no longer in. Which tough fight, man. It's a tough fight. Yeah, but Joe Mano is contending for the title right now, and you're yeah, only we... down by nine right now. I know. Again, against the defending champ Sean Lacrida, and he made a bold choice. He made two bold choices today. Let me pull it up. I gotta pull up my. Uh, He's team in full-on stream mode. Yeah, but he has to be because he doesn't have anybody going today. But he made a bold choice. He's streaming John Gray, who screwed at... you last week. Uh, I know. But then he pitched well in Philly. But he's pitching against the Nationals at home in Colorado. So, like, I don't know. It's It will actually be doubly good for you if if he gets lit up in that A, that'll help you, and also Scherzer won't pitch tomorrow. Well, Scherzer's... so I keep saying that Scherzer's only going to pitch if the Rockies have playoff implications, That's, but I think the Rockies clinched yesterday. No, they're only one game. The Dodgers are only one game back. So the Dodgers, Wait, but it's hold Dodgers on, and hold on, Rockies hold on. are one game apart in the NL West. Wait for it. Freeland, Dahl, help Rockies clinch playoff berth. I guess they clinched at a, least a wild, wild card, card berth. berth. I guess that makes sense. Well, it would still have postseason implications, though, because they could win first place in the division, and then the Dodgers would be the wild card team. So, yeah, Scherzer said he's only going to pitch if it has playoff implications. Kind of like a – I kind of like that competitive move by him of, like, I don't have to pitch, but if I can, like, you know, ruin someone oh, else's yeah, playoff yeah. shot. I agree. I think, like, that's a cool move by Scherzer and the Nationals to not just, like, pack it in yeah, like, and well, actually do that. But uh, I also don't want him to pitch on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, He also threw a great start earlier in the week. Yeah, he did. He, but that was against. Who's that against? The, uh, someone bad. I forget who. Yeah, the Rockies, dude. The Rockies are a good story this year. They kind of. Speaking of story, Trevor story. Trevor story. He's got like thirty-five home runs. Yeah, dude. Dude's the. Uh, I don't think he'll win MVP for the NL, but like he and Yelich made such a great second half push for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we didn't. I know even, it's neither of them were in our initial conversation back when we were looking at that. And the two neither a Yelich had had a good year like all year, but he went crazy at, like kind of around the time we had that conversation. Like yeah, right yeah. after that, they both because now been, he hit another home run yesterday. What are his numbers? Are just like absurd. He's close to the NL three twenty two. Yeah, he is three twenty two one fourteen. Uh, 114 runs, 34 RBI, or 34 home runs, 106 RBIs, and 21 stolen bases. Yeah, he's playing. For a guy like him, I'd like to see those stolen bases higher. You know, I feel like there's no reason he shouldn't have 30. Yeah, besides the fact that he's hit 34 home runs out of nowhere. Yeah, 
But yeah, he's playing out of his mind, and Trevor Story's playing really great. Um, and the the Rockies are. are I, I was joking. I was like, you know what's gonna happen is it's gonna be a repeat of 2007 where the Rockies catch the Magic and they get just swept by the Red Sox though when they make it to the World Series. Yeah, because that was also a dominant 2007 Red Sox team, and the Rockies could not be beaten. They won like a bunch of games in a row. I forget how many it was, and then the Red Sox just swept them, like it was nothing. Yeah, and actually the NL play the wild card the the NL MVP race is like it's pretty insanely close. <laughs> like all the guys kind of have similar numbers. Which yeah, is weird. Baez, Yelich, Story. Yeah, all their numbers are, like, pretty much the same. And even, like, I mean, Carpenter kind of dropped out of that race at this point. Yep. But his numbers aren't that much different. His average is way down, but, and he doesn't have the stolen bases. What you got to love about baseball, man, is how quickly it changes. Because when we first talked about, like, awards, probably, like, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, now it's completely different. Yeah, and, like, it's very clearly DeGrom for the Cy Young and the NL. And I don't think that's Snell in the AL. Yeah, I think it's got to be Snell. And if if they give it to someone yeah. else, it's like unwarranted. Yeah, because he's pushed himself out way. He's got nine straight wins. Nine straight yeah. really he's good. He's got wins, twenty-one too. wins. Like he's got all the numbers. He has all. He has both the like peripheral numbers. He has the ERA. He has the strikeouts. He has the K's per nine. He has a low WHIP, and he has twenty-one wins. He pitches today. Yeah, he pitches against the Blue Jays again. He had 11 Ks yeah. against them last year. Yeah, time. I mean, truthfully, his numbers aren't that much worse than DeGrom's. He's got a 1.9 ERA. Like, what's DeGrom got? Like a 1.7? So, yeah, dude, DeGrom, DeGrom, I think it was... There's a couple crazy things I've read about him. I sent you the one where, like, Aaron Nola being right behind him would have to throw 90 straight innings, and that still wouldn't even pass yeah. him. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a stat... I don't know if I sent this to you or shared this with you. If the... Mets had scored three runs per nine when he pitched. He'd be twenty-five and two, or something like that. And if they'd scored four runs when he pitched, he'd be thirty and zero. And that's like it's just not not a lot to ask to score four runs. And that's I sent you, I sent you the one. Um, uh, the, the the pitchers against him, yeah. Yeah, 32 opposing starters against Jacob deGrom this year combined for a 2.45 ERA in 173 innings. The only National League pitcher with a better ERA is Jacob deGrom. <laughs> yeah, isn't that so nuts? <laughs> that's that's so crazy. It's incredible that he's 10-9 and nine for how bad the Mets played for him all season. Yeah. But, yeah, he's awesome. I was actually reading about uh, one of the things that changed for him this season besides cutting his hair uh was he i guess like got workout tips from john smoltz about resting less in between pitching but like being really intentional about what you do so not just like throwing bullpens but like throwing like doing like particular workouts to strengthen different parts of your body so that you can do what he's doing right now uh-huh. Uh, and it was just, like, a different workout routine. And then also, apparently, he cut his hair, A, because he didn't like taking care of long hair, but B, because he thought it could add fastball velocity, which I thought was a really funny thing. Huh. Uh, I don't know if that's a real thing or something he just said, like, as a joke. Yeah. But I, I guess it seems like kind of a made-up thing. Kind of but... a made-up thing. But it could, like, yeah. be a thing. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. But, yeah, that those two kind of, like... <laughs> Baseball players are weird and superstitious. Oh, uh, yeah, so definitely. Knows? But, yeah, Snell and DeGrom kind of, like, jumped out. And then uh, the 
MVP races, I think Mookie pushed himself to the top. But Ooh, you, I don't know, dude. Who do you who is better than Mookie Betts right now that you still are debating this? Like Mike Trout. They're not going to give. They're not going to give. Three fifteen, one hundred one runs, thirty nine r or thirty nine home runs, seventy nine RBS, twenty four stolen bases. He's got. He's going to hit forty home runs. He's going to hit one before the weekend's out. I just don't know. Mookie's going to be at eleven WAR probably by the end of today because he's at ten point nine. Yeah, I mean that three forty six average stands out, dude. The crazy thing is he like dipped a little bit and got back up to that in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but he dipped to like a three forty average. <laughs> no, he dipped to like three twenty five at one point. He got it back up. He's just been hitting yeah. again. Yeah, no, he has. He he doesn't play every day recently. I mean, they well, they, they clinch, so he's literally he's... no incentive to play anyone without the risk of yeah. anything other than J D Martinez because he DHs. Yeah, um, I don't know though, man. Like. How many games did Mookie play versus Bet, uh, versus Trout? He, they, he played four less games. No, yeah, 138. No, three less games. Trout has 138, Mookie has 135, and Mookie has almost a whole point more of war in less games. I'm sure most of that is probably because of his um, fielding prowess. I know Trout's a great fielder, but I think Mookie grades out to be like the best. I feel like the word prowess is one that should be used more. Oh, I like cool. that word. Thank you. Good, good Thank word, you. man. Thank you. Thank you so much. But yeah, I okay. So A Rod earlier this Wait, week. Wait, hold on. Who? What is the? What are their wars? Uh, ten point nine to ten point one. Where are you seeing that? On Baseball Reference at the top. At the top. Yeah, top right in the picture. It has two thousand eighteen summary war. Oh, that's weird. Because if you look at. If you look at, like, player value batting, oh, I guess that's... But it has defensive wins above replacement and offensive. I don't know. I'm just looking at that, and it would say that uh, Trout has a 10.4, and Mookie has less than that. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they calculate war because I've looked at this a couple times and I don't, I don't know what the the discrepancy is. We did this when Nola had more war than Degrom and Scherzer, and it made no sense. Yeah, but are you looking? Look at. Uh, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking down at what you're looking at too. It's very, I don't. Because there, there it. must be some other part of war that isn't being calculated, like offensive and defensive, and then something else. I guess it's handsomeness level. <laughs> they just they grade that out too. Um, per- personality. So Trout, Trout's below Mookie. By the way, so at one point Aaron Nola had the highest WAR in the NL. Jacob yeah. Degrom now has a ten point one WAR. He has the same WAR as Mike Trout as a pitcher. As a guy yeah, who pitches crazy. every five days, he has the same WAR as a guy who plays every day. Yeah, but I, I, I think WAR for pitchers is weird. It is weird because we still haven't figured that out. Because I don't know how Nola was ahead, but. DeGrom has the same amount of wins above replacement as a position player that plays every day. That's really nuts. I don't care how it's calculated, that's nuts. Do you think uh, Trout's popularity as just like a player that everybody loves will push him over the top for the MVP race? Um, I mean, it's possible because he's like... Just because he's like a darling of all the writers and everything, you know? Yeah, but also Mookie Betts has been pretty beloved and a rod said earlier this week that he if it was up to him 
his vote would just be I would just ship the MVP trophy to New England already and just give it to Mookie. Yeah, but it's not up to A-Rod at all in any way. He doesn't have a vote. Dude, A-Rod, despite being a terrible guy and everything, is a really, really great commentator. Yeah, I agree. I think he A-Rod, does it really well. But that's the whole thing. Everybody always said A-Rod knows everything about baseball. Dude, A-Rod and John Smoltz, actually, are both really good commentators. Yeah, I like Smoltz. They both just like, I love listening to them talk about stuff because I'm like, wow, you guys really get it, you know? Baseball. Yeah. Baseball. But, yeah. yeah. So uh, Yeah, I mean, it, lo- it looks... Like, bets should win, unless Trout hits, like, eight home runs over the next two days. Which, like, who knows? He could. He goes four for four with four home runs in two games in a row. Yeah. I won't be mad if it goes to Mike Trout, but I feel like it's probably going to go to Mookie. I'm I'm nervous about the AL Cy Young because, like, obviously I don't care if it goes to Chris Sale because I'm a Red Sox It's fan. not going to, dude. He's not even going to qualify for the... ERA, like, dude, but people are talking about like volume doesn't matter; it's the dominance factor. And in no, my volume opinion, volume definitely matters. Blake Snell has been dominant over volume; like, he's got like the same number. Yeah, he's also been better than Chris Sale. Yeah, I really but hope, like. I really hope he just Blake Snell. When was the last time he had a full like complete start? Uh, July he went five 27th. innings. Yeah, he went five innings on the twelfth of August um, with twelve Ks. A, which he is had pretty... a dominant start. Um, but he hasn't been like a real starting pitcher in over a month. Yeah, it, I, I just feel like you can't. There's people and, and also Snell's like, numbers are better. There's also people saying it should go to Kluber, but like no, isn't his ERA like way up compared his, to these guys? His ERA is like two eight three. Is that but, high? Yeah, he's actually had like it's funny to say like that's a bad season, but like he's well, had like I, a, I, th- I thought he had turned it around real hard he has but he also back on the 10th not too long ago the Rays gave up four runs and one and two thirds he's he's had some ups and downs this year he's not been as like lights out Corey Kluber now we're nitpicking because he's still been like really dominant but you know Corey Kluber last season went through a stretch where I don't think he gave up like more than two runs for like three months so yeah he's he's peppered in a couple stinkers Kluber has yeah but um, I, I feel like it, it. Verlander is in there in that discussion. Yeah, but I mean, those guys are all in the race for third place. Like, yeah, I, I don't think there's got, a reason you should give it to any of those guys. Verlander over. does have 280 strikeouts. Yeah, but what's what are his, his ERA? Numbers? His ERA is up at 2.6. Yeah, like that's still a great season. Don't get, like I'm not trying to shit on the year he had, but like Blake Snell's been like, it's almost a full point better. Yeah, his ERA alone. Like, if you have a guy, especially in the AL with a sub two ERA, like, come on. Well, and the stat I've brought up multiple times about him too is he's doing it in the AL, but he's also beaten every good team. He's beaten every good team. He's now ten and two with a a, a below two ERA against the top five offenses in the league. Like yeah. that in and of I mean, to be fair, count. we don't know those numbers for all the other pitchers we've been talking about. But yeah, but a lot of those guys um, play for the top offense team, so they're. They're skewed yeah, in the fact that that's they never... true. Or they're not playing in the AL East where they actually have to face the Red Sox consistently over and over. The Yankees guys, yeah. over and over. And then yeah. the Astros have like multiple pitchers who are in that top tier who they don't have to face themselves. Yeah. So yeah, it's it in my opinion, also biased opinion because he's on my team, it should go to Blake Snow. And I would yeah. be happy and feel giddy about it. Because I would have I would have had uh back to back Cy Young's on my fantasy team. Yeah. You had both MVPs last season on your fantasy team. I did. And then one of them just got awful this season. Except 
He's not god awful. He's not god awful, but I mean, he, he's he, batting two sixty three. He's got a hundred one RBIs, thirty seven. Dude, he hooked home you runs, up two days ago. 98 RBI, sorry, 101 runs. He hooked you up that. on Thursday. I was very He did, pleased. but he's been good this week. Like He's put up 2.53, 3.53, 13.52. 5. And if like, he pulls it out as, like, uh, he wins, like he can have a great last week to win, who cares what he did all season? Who cares that last yeah. year he was almost, like, a four average and he's only a three-point average this year? If yeah, he wins no, you a championship, it's all The problem is he's just – he's put up a lot of points – but he's negated a lot of those points by striking out 210 fucking times. Oh, God, that's brutal. It's so brutal. Last year, he struck out 163 times. Oh, we can do this real quick, though. So this is something huh. I wanted to look at. We talked about at the beginning of the season, our guys we thought would be disappointments and guys we thought would be like surprising. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, since the regular season ended, we can determine that. Um, yeah. So Mitch also, Hanniger, the regular season hasn't ended. Well, for fantasy purposes. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant for, like, real. So, Mitch Hanniger totally panned out for me, which I thought would be my breakout guy. And he also, I said I thought he'd be a top 10 outfielder. He's number 8. So, awesome. Yeah. I actually, Stanton made me think of this because Stanton's number 10. Uh, <laughs> and Hanniger's number 8. So, Mitch Hanniger definitely, with a 285, uh, 89 runs, 26 homers, 92 RBIs, 8 stolen bases, also plays elite defense, which is kind of cool. What was his average? Uh, 285. That's pretty good. And uh, he was, for a long time, when the Mariners were kind of pushing to get a playoff spot, he was pretty much at the center of that. He did have a bit of a slump in, like, July. Um, But he turned it around, and his numbers have normalized. He's been hitting for the last month. Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't matter for me anymore, as I am just looking towards next season, which is a bummer. But uh, Hanniger totally panned out. Who was your guy you thought would be your – oh, Bauer, right? Bauer, yeah. Dude, Which, yeah, we both picked a good breakout. Yeah, it dude. worked out most of the year, but I got boned by his injury. Yeah, well, you, that, I think that he, I mean, he had more of an impact than Hanniger to anybody's given team because he's like, he really broke out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he'll be a keeper for me, so. Um, yeah, he had a great season. He did, and and all indications are that it's like a legitimate breakout and uh, he should be good to go for uh, next year. So I'm good. About, I'm cool about that. You know, my my disappointment was uh, Jake Lamb, who is he even I rostered don't anymore. Even, I don't even know. I don't think so. Does he even no, play in the majors agent. anymore? <laughs> he might have gotten hurt again. I feel like I haven't heard his name this season. Yeah, he he came back for a little bit. Let's see how many games he played. Oh, dude, he got he's on the 60 day deal. Yeah, he only played 56 games, but his uh, season. Was a disappointment outside of the injuries. He only batted two twenty two with six home runs and thirty one RBIs. So, uh, yeah, I was glad I traded him, which worked out for me. I uh, I traded my disappointment guy too, which was Eric Hosmer. Yeah, uh, Hosmer ended up hitting two forty nine, seventy one runs, seventeen homers, sixty seven RBIs, and seven stolen bases in a wildly disappointing season, which was expected. Yeah. Uh, However, I really kind of feel like I transferred his disappointment to the guy I traded him for because Chris Bryant sucked this year. He was hurt. Yeah, and that's a bigger disappointment than Hosmer not being He was hurt a lot. He had that shoulder thing that I'm pretty sure he still has going on. He's probably going to get off-season surgery, I feel like. They're just not talking about it. Uh, Yeah. But even when he played, he batted two seventy six, and he only hit 13 home runs this season, which was like... Dude hit 29 last year. He hit 39 the year before. 
I didn't expect 13 even in an injury-shortened season. It's just very disappointing. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I mean, that's so, a tough I feel break. like I transferred the disappointment property when I traded Hosmer to get Bryant, and Bryant just sucked, like, real yeah. bad. I was telling, we were, yeah, we were that, talking I about think... that. Did we talk about that on the podcast? We were just talking about, like, how... Like, you have the OG curse where, like, a guy who's supposed to be amazing does terrible, and I usually get, like, the reverse of, like, a guy who's supposed to be nothing does awesome, but then I've also uh-huh. had, like, Steve, oh, Stephen Piscotti is who you're talking about. But, oh, like, yeah. dude, Correa this season, garbage. Yeah, no, you've had, a, you've had a tough one with some big names. Like, some guys who are supposed to be doing great stuff are just, and then Strasburg was, like, a big, big disappointment this season, because he, but, even though he was hurt, he wasn't good when he was healthy, which is normally not the case. But you've also had like, um, like you know, I think Mitch Hanniger's a good player, so he's not totally that guy. But Mitch Hanniger's been great. Uh, Michael Brantley's had his first good year, mostly full season in a couple years. Uh, Piscotti toward the end of the year. Um, Eddie Rosario's had a had a good season until they shut him down. And I did get the breakout of Aaron Nola, which was... Aaron oh, J- Nola, Jameson Italian. Yeah, he, was my, been... he was my last draft pick in the draft because I kind of wanted him, but I didn't want to spend money on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually had a really good year. I didn't realize how low his ERA had gotten until his last start. He, yeah. he, he finished up with a 3.16 ERA. And he, oh, he pitches today, too. He could actually lower it. Yeah, and he's been great recently. Like, he's been really good the yeah, last month. He's, like, one months. of those guys that uh, I also like because he, like, overcame cancer and a Tommy John surgery and came back uh-huh. and actually like, I, I think he's kind of starting to live up to the hype of being a top draft pick. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good story. Yeah. I would like to see him take another step forward next season and like get into the, the, the uh, twos for the ERA and strike more people out. Definitely. But yeah. He, I mean, he's got 172 Ks too. So I thought, Oh, and you also had Bregman go insane. I did have Bregman go insane. Like he went off. Yeah, he played his way into being one of my keepers for this current offseason. Yeah, he's batting two eighty nine, hundred four runs, 31 R- uh, home runs, 103 RBIs, and 10 stolen bases isn't bad. No, he played... Yeah, so I, I again, I think I have better luck than you for getting things. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have the Correa and the Bryant thing was like, holy crap, like, you guys were both... They're, they're both arguably top 10 players who played, like, literally... I could have probably replaced them with waiver wire guys if it weren't for their names. Yeah, and that's so tough when you just have like a dead roster spot. That's why this kind this time of year is kind of nice. You can just start kind of dropping those guys, and yeah, picking up whoever has a hot hand. Like my team right now is very weird, <laughs> but you got to do it. And you have, dude. I'm really obviously I don't want Sean to repeat because I never want to repeat because that bums uh-huh. me out. Yeah. But I'm really pulling for you. I have hey, been. Hey, hey, thank you. I usually admittedly check out once my team's eliminated, but I've been checking every day this week to see what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying hoping to hel- trying to help you workshop if I need to, or like throw some insight. Like, dude, yeah, no, I've, dude. I've thrown some things your way just to see what's up. I uh, um, oh, on, on second thought, since you're so tight, I, I I would leave, take like one of your pitchers out in case you need to throw Godly, but I would definitely well, I have not throw I have Granky, um, in right now who is the same game as Godly, so I can just swap them if I need oh, to. Oh, sweet. Yeah, trust yeah. me, I already, I already looked at it. Yeah, you get this. Right. <laughs> I also have Ray, uh, who... Oh, yeah, you get two there. Yeah, yeah so. I uh, I don't feel good about Zach Godley. You have three Diamondbacks pitchers? 
Uh, yeah, but I just picked up Zach. Oh, Collins okay. I was like, like, wait, when did that happen? Yeah, no, I've had uh, Ray and Granky most of the season, so. Yeah. Godly has been very bad. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm definitely not trying to use him. And then tomorrow I have Robbie Ray, Charlie Morton, and then I picked up Andrew Suarez, Dylan Covey, and Matt Shoemaker just as a see what happens today and see who I'll – the only one I'm kind of leaning towards starting is uh, Suarez at home. Against? Um, against the – this is why I'm think if it were almost any other team, I'd be into it, but against the Dodgers. So it kind of depends – on what's going on with the playoffs, you know, and and how hard people are playing still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Dylan Covey. I mean, I don't want to start Shoemaker against the the A's. No, the A's. Dude, the A's are a great story. Yeah. As well, we talked about the Rockies, and we talked. I think we talked about the A's a couple weeks ago. But it's just so funny that it's like. It is Moneyball Part Two, kind of, because it's like this. Like, there's no one on that roster. If you look at it, you're like that guy. No, they have a funny ass lineup. Dude. It's so bizarre. And uh, yeah, I but saw... so Dylan Covey, who I don't want to have to start, <laughs> but the his White last Sox two team? starts against Cleveland, he's gone six innings, no earned. Yeah, but Cleveland and they're also pitching against literally... Minnesota. So in Minnesota, a good hitters park or a good yeah, pitchers park. That's that's. Not bad, but Cleveland. And it's though, against Zach Little, who um, isn't good. So, but to temper expectations, Cleveland literally has been playing like a Triple A roster since they clinched. Because it hurt me where That's true. Brantley didn't play for like three games in the last week because they were they literally flipped their entire lineup. It was it was literally every starter did not play. Well, let's and, see. I can look at the lineup they fielded. Yeah, go look. Um. No, I mean Lindor, Brantley, Jose okay, so Ramirez, they... Edwin, Josh Donaldson, right. Yonder Alonso. Maybe Dylan Covey found something. Melky, Jan Gomes, Kipnis. And then that was on the 19th. And then the 24th. The 24th was more of a patchwork lineup. I think that's probably after they clinched. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like Brantley didn't play. And they were like, what did they say? Uh, the Indians officially, blah, 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 where is this? <laughs> I'm trying to find. They like literally. It was so frustrating because all of a sudden they were like, after clinching, the Indians have done an entire roster overhaul and are starting a bunch of like the 40 man roster expansion people to like yeah. see what they're. It was very disappointing because I lost yeah. lost that bats from one of my good guys. But all right, it, well you want to do? Um... Yeah, I'll do. Let's dip into Womack here. All right, I'll start it off because I heard this name yesterday on the Yankee broadcast and uh, brought back fond memories of yesteryear. Um, they were talking about him in context of the Colorado Rockies, the teams with, like, Dante Bichette and Larry Walker. Um, and his name is Ellis Burks. Oh, dude. Who was a really solid player. Yeah, he was a Red Sox, his, too. Yeah, he was. He was a Red Sox to start his career from 87 to 92. He went to the White Sox for a year in 93. 94 through um, – Halfway through 98, he was with the Rockies. Then he was traded to the Giants that season, 98. He was with the Giants till 2000. Spent a couple years in Cleveland till 2003 and retired with the Red Sox in With 04. a World Series ring. Yeah, uh, probably. He only played 11 games. I think, he, I think they got him as like an August trade. Yeah, yeah, that kind of sounds right. But his uh, career, 162-game average, 291, 29 home runs, 98 RBIs, 101 runs scored. Um, 
Solid. Yeah, and a 363 on base percentage, 510 slugging, 874 OPS. He's a good player. Yeah, Ellis Perks. He was mostly uh, he was an outfielder, but I kind of feel like he was Dude, a look DH at his when he was on the AL. Though. Yeah, that's well that but that was that was peak um Coors Field. Well, but 344, 40 homers, 128 RBIs and 100 Yeah, those are Coors Field numbers. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, you look at with San Francisco in '99, a two eight. Oh, actually, the next year. Look at the next year. Oh, 344, 344, 2496. That's nice. Dude, he was a good hitter. Yeah, he had he had some really quality years. A lot of them came later in his career, which makes me question the what, legitimacy of what these he numbers. Was doing? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, especially because he saw a little bit of a spike when he went to San Francisco with our good friend Barry Bonds. Oh but, yeah. But. I don't want to shit on Ellis Burks. I always liked him growing up, and uh, he was a good player. Paul, yes. who's your Womack? Dude, my Womack is way more obscure than Ellis Burks, and I, you might not remember him. He okay. was Bip Roberts. I kind of remember the name just because it's a crazy name. Yeah, that's like kind of why he popped into my head. So he was a second baseman, a left fielder, and a third baseman. Uh, Bip played for the Padres. Had a long career. The Reds, then the Padres, then the Royals, which I don't even know why I remember this guy if those are the teams he played for in the 90s. Then he played for the Indians for half a second, then Detroit, and then Oakland. Yeah, so, so he, he kind of seems like he was a kind of a super utility guy. Dude, but look at the year 1992. I was just looking at that. Yeah, that's great. For like the type of player he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, his 162 game average, Also, 1990. Three oh nine average, forty six steals, nine dude, home runs. Dude, Bip was Bip was a nineties utility infielder, outfielder guy. Yeah, speed guy. Bip. Those Bip guys was, don't exist really anymore. Bip was like what Brock Holt would be if he was in the nineties. I don't think Brock Holt's fast enough to steal forty bases. Yeah, but he's like scrappy enough to. <laughs> I don't know about that. He Maybe hit twenty. It's it's really funny though, because like in the modern game, how many home runs we see. He had yeah. 30 home runs for his entire 12-year career. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Like, I don't yeah, think there's yeah, anyone yeah, that's so crazy. That would the have Yankees that. actually just um, broke the record for or tied the record yesterday. I don't think they hit one after they tied it um, of home runs in a season for a team. Who hit? Who had it before? The Mariners. I. I like the I Griffey I want to say, Edgar I wanna say 98, but I don't think it was 98. Uh, dude, it could have been. Cause that was like Griffey, A-Rod, uh, Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez. That team had a lot it of... It was 97. Yeah, sorry, 97 I meant. Um, okay. Yeah, because they had bats on bats. Yeah, but A-Rod that year only hit like 23 home runs. But Griffey hit like 50-something. Yeah, and I think there were probably a lot of guys that had 20 or 30 home runs on that team because they were stacked. Let's see. Uh, Dan Wilson at catcher, 15. Paul Sorrento at first base, 31. Joey Cora at second, 11. A-Rod, 23. That's a weird year for A-Rod. Russ Davis, 20. I mean, A-Rod was like 19. Yeah. Uh, Russ Davis had 20 at third base. Jose Cruz had 12 at, in left field. This is where it gets good. Griffey had 56. Buner had 40. And Edgar Martinez had 28. So, I mean, if you look at the... 2018 Yankees. I feel like they have a better spread. It's not as top heavy because that 56 from uh, 
from A Rod kind of tips the scale. Fifty six Griffey, not A Rod. Er, yeah, sorry. For Dude, Griffey. if only A Rod was roided out, they would they would have way that record would never been breakable. Yeah, I know, right? I think that's definitely. But also, you A-Rod. think how many home runs would the Yankees had if Judge hadn't missed the last month plus with a broken wrist and oh, Gary yeah. Sanchez wasn't out for a good it, chunk of the year? If Gary Sanchez wasn't out and also was good at hitting a baseball. Well, but he's still got 18 home runs. He's only played 88 games. Yeah, but like, he had 18 good. home runs in like five games the first first half yeah, of his career. Yeah, that's true. But he's, they got Sanchez with 18, Greg Bird with 11, Torres with 23, Didi with 27. He missed a lot of time, too. How many did Andahar hit? Uh, Andahar has 27. Uh, Gardner has 12. Hicks has 27. Judge what? has 27. Aaron Hicks has 27 home runs? Aaron Hicks is having pretty good years. Average is only tw- 249, but that's not terrible for these days. And he's like a um, utility outfielder. That's crazy. No, he plays pretty much every day. Um, Judge has 27. Stanton has 37. Neil Walker off the bench has 11. Austin Romine has 10. And Luke Voigt, who is their starting first baseman from this point forward, he has 13 in yeah, 38 games. Yeah, very cool. Tyler Austin had eight for them earlier. Before they traded him. Yeah, and McCutcheon has five since coming over. Dude, that's a So they ha- they have nuts. like a far wider reach of a spread. Yeah, every, I think they broke the record runs. for most players with over 20 home runs in a lineup and most records for like double-digit home runs in a and lineup. And you got to think in the next two days they're going to pass that record. Oh, someone's going to hit one home run for sure. Dude, what if they don't? How disappointing would that be? Yeah, it'd be, you know. Um, I, it's it's kind of like a who cares type thing. Real but. quick while we talk about the Yankees, I do want to say props to CC Sabathia. Oh, yeah, that was uh, cool. How I, he gave up a lot of money to beanball someone. Call someone a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, CC's pretty cool. I like him. I'm glad he's coming back. Uh, all right, I got to get going, though. So uh, lay off the high cheese, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. All right? See Peace. Ya.